Yeah, before we start uh, today's episode, I just want to inform that uh, this is a what I start considering uh, a Jared episode, because often when I have Jared as a guest, we have conversations for several hours. I think this one in particular was four hours long, and I thought it wouldn't be right to just put it out in four hours, so we uh, cut it up into 30-minute pieces and we'll release it periodically. This way, it's like um, you get the full conversation but slowly, so it's a bit more digestible than one four-hour block. This is uh, important, but um, so at the ending of these episodes will be cut off, most likely, because it'll be apportioned to 30-minute pieces. And also, um, you would like have to watch it in the right order, but that's why I'm going to number them all properly to make it so the conversation makes sense. But they're interesting conversations with interesting ideas, and I, I think it's a good good thing to listen to. And um, yeah, so that, that's it all, and uh, just that's the reason for the cuts and the lack of the intro and whatnot. But just explaining for later. That's it, and we're going to start the episode. Yo, how's it going? Greetings, primates. It's uh, I don't care what day it is anymore. We've been yeah, here for like lost track of time. Yeah, time is stupid. Meaning is relative. Uh, yeah. So and music is stupid too. So I'm not gonna be doing that anymore because like, you know, like come on. So what's today's topic, bro? Okay. So I guess we decided we. I I, I don't even know. I guess we decided to talk about forest, but yeah. Okay. So yeah. let's just talk about forest. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. quick, quick thing before we start. We're gonna keep these to thirty minutes now, because otherwise no one wants to listen to them. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about some forests. Okay. So, what do we have in a forest? Okay, so we have trees. <laughs> That's the biggest thing you can see in a forest, right? I mean, like, does the ground count, though? Sure. Then wouldn't that be the biggest thing? I don't even know. Okay. Because the, the ground is everywhere, you know? So. I mean, yeah, so, like, the, you know, the trees are, the, like, the defining characteristic of a forest, yeah. right? But the ground generally applies to, like, anything. Uh, well, yes. Yes. Otherwise, you wouldn't be standing. You'd just be, like, floating in space. Yes. Actually, kind of fun though, like floating in space, like you know. What I'm yes. Saying? Like um. That would. You know how, you know Stephen Hawking. Oh. Me, yeah, okay. May his soul rest in peace. Right. Yeah. So um. So before he died, right? He actually died very recently. Mm-hmm. It was a interesting day. He died on Pi Day, which was Albert Einstein's birthday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. March fourteenth. Mm-hmm. Really interesting. Uh yeah, so, so Stephen Hawk. So there's these flights you can take where you can like experience zero G without going outside of into space. Hmm. So he took one okay. of them. He took one of them. Yeah, I, I remember just seeing a photo of it. And I thought it was really interesting. Like that's what it'd be like, just floating in space, just like completely. Interesting. <laughs> that's that's your you response. Know, space is just so vast you know like they find that like oh what is it is it something that like there's more like i think they they're starting to prove that there's more like matter than antimatter in space right well the the idea of matter 
implores the idea of equivalent antimatter, but that would make, but that would also that would make that would mean that they would negate each other, which would result in nothing. Right. That's true. Because so, like yeah, because it's like something versus nothing. So yeah, and, nothing. and you know how nothing's kind of a void, right? Like it's like a, it's almost like a yeah. vacuum. Yeah. So for that reason, space is a vacuum. It's species. Space is a vacuum, right? So you would yeah. assume that it would null itself out, right? Mm-hmm. But the interesting concept of that is that it's not, right? Because uh, antimatter, oh. first of all, we don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's literally something that we cannot comprehend, but it's just there because it's almost it's almost like a space filler, but like it's just it's a, it's like a placeholder for the concept of space, but yeah. like it's. It's not even that because space is nothing, but antimatter is still yeah. something. It's just negative stuff. Okay, I kind of see what you mean. You you know you know like yeah. uh you must have heard of the Higgs boson and stuff, right? Like I yeah. I, I, t- I used to talk yeah. about it a lot like last year, especially. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, they call it the God particle or whatever, and they're trying to like prove stuff where it gives mat it gives like uh it gives matter weight. Like that's the reason for weight. I, I don't really know the entire story of it, but okay. I just uh, and I'm pretty sure that you know no one really does. Like no one knows what it is. Come on, that's the fun yeah. thing about like about physics, especially like, like uh, cosmology and stuff, is that mm. literally no one knows what's correct. Yeah, it's not necessarily something you can really experience, so you can't like tell if it's like actually happening. Yeah, you know? it's theoretical. So- so what I was like really interested about when I heard about this antimatter stuff a few years ago was I was thinking about like could we use it as fuel? And you that too. Antimatter is fuel. Uh, yeah, antimatter oh. is fuel. Here, here's what I was thinking. It's just a completely ludicrous idea. Uh huh. But it could make it could involve stuff that could like possibly make us be able to travel faster than the speed of light. So you're saying that, like, since like this is based off the concept that antimatter is, I guess, negative in a sense, right? Yeah, this is based on the sense that that's what antimatter is. Let me see if I okay. can pull up the like the dictionary def- definition of antimatter. Okay. Right. So antimatter is molecules formed uh, consisting of uh, antiprotons, antineutrons, and uh, positrons. Stable antimatter does not uh, able to uh, appear in our universe. So it's basically like I don't I don't know what I don't know what an antiparticle is, which is interesting. Well, but, first we have to okay. But let, well, let's I, just let's just explain what an antiparticle is before we get into the rest of it, right? That seems mm-hmm. uh, you know that seems just just. So it's so it's like you know how a neutron is much bigger than a proton. Yes. Oh, sorry, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm well, incorrect. I'm incorrect. They're about the same size. No. A proton is much bigger than an electron. Yeah, that makes more I sense. Get, I get the three of them confused a lot, you know, tron and whatever. You know. Yeah. So an anti-electron has a positive charge, yet is the size of an electron, apparently. Okay. And an anti-proton is, a, is, a negative, is negatively charged. Right? Antiproton is negatively charged. Yeah, but it's the same size as it is a proton. And okay. the antineutrino spins in the opposite direction 
that, that a okay. regular uh, neutrino spins. That's interesting. Which is, which is interesting, right? Because like um, so yeah. yeah so I was think, it's generally like yeah, often yeah. some sort of sense. So specifically charge, right? Mm-hmm. Which is interesting if you think about the the idea of um, of our of our experience with with the matter of the universe because we only know matter as being this physical entity which we can use one of our you know five you know the idea of us having five senses is kind of stupid we have way yeah. more than five we have like probably like 80 or like 90 you know yeah. we can feel like electromagnetic pulses and whatnot and we and our brains yeah. melt it down into five senses but realistically we have many 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 more yeah it's like yeah it's pretty much like truncated into that idea but like there could be more that's true so what i was thinking about fuel like antimatter is fuel is if antimatter has the ability to erase matter, right? Mm-hmm. If antimatter has the ability to erase matter, could it then erase distance? Especially if that distance is consisting of matter? Erase distance? I don't think it can really yeah. erase distance. Because, like, distance is a concept. So, distance... I mean, distance is just, like, a number, basically. It's a quantity. Mm. So, if you were to... Let's say you had, like... Let's say you were, like, one mile away from something, right? And there was, like, just, like, ground between you and that point you were trying to get to. And if you tried to erase all of that, wouldn't that just become a void in space between you and the point? Like, it would just... No, that's what I'm saying. The void would, would collapse on itself because we know that voids aren't stable. And then yeah, you would be like, true. think about it. You have an apple, okay, right, a hundred feet away from you, okay, and you're sitting, standing here, right, okay. And so, first of all, space is not just completely empty. Space is not; it's a hard vacuum, but it contains like low density particles, and um, you know, like it has like plasma, basically. It's hydrogen yeah. and helium, and there's like radiation and magnetic fields and all yeah. this stuff. Right? There's a lot of stuff there. Yeah, it's not just empty. So imagine if you remove all of that and there's just a void. And the void wouldn't be stable because how would a void be able to be supported in a, you know, a field? Okay. Right? Like a field, right? Like, a, like a, a, a magnetic field that would collapse on itself, right? Okay. So then that distance would be gone because that void collapses on itself. And now so you, the two objects are directly to each other. So you're saying that this void would pretty much create like a rip in the space-time continuum and just attract you to that point pretty much. Yeah, almost instantaneously. Okay. That could so make I'm, sense. It's be, based on the concept that you pretty much erase like... Yeah, you pretty much erase matter in general. So you'd be putting... Yeah, I okay. I I understand what you mean. Like you pretty much, like the collapse of that void would pretty much attract you to that point. I guess. Yeah. You know. You know. The only reason I'm thinking about this because I'm like ninety percent sure I'm completely wrong. Okay. Right. But because you know, I don't know this. Like I I've never really studied it. I've never really okay. seen it. It's just my my thinking and my really basic knowledge of space that i've gotten from watching youtube videos or whatever reading on wikipedia whatever it is right yeah but um there's still that 10 percent of me which thinks it it could make sense right yeah and that's really all what science is it's that 10 percent like oh that that makes sense because it's all completely guesswork i mean it can be be perceived both ways because like it's 
you can't tell what what exactly antimatter will do to matter in that sense That's because true. like yeah it could create that void and like collapse and that void could collapse and the collapse of that void would bring you to the point without actually moving but it That's could also crazy. be that it just creates a void and it just exists there but you're still the same distance from the point so I mean, we would have to test it, of course, but we don't. We literally are incapable of creating enough antimatter to test anything. Exactly, because we just haven't gone that far out in space yet. Like we, we don't. You know the Higgs boson. You know the Hadron Collider, right? In uh, I think it's in Switzerland, or I think it's in France. France, I think. Uh, let me let me actually search for the Hadron, the Large France. Hadron. Uh, it's France, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's um. Yeah, it's in uh, it's at CERN is CERN is, uh, in France. That makes sense. Yeah. Where is CERN? Yeah, CERN is is France. It's on the French Swiss border. Okay. Right? Uh, that's what I was confused about. Right. It's in it's near Geneva. Yeah. So there they made like this antimatter. Mm-hmm. It was like really almost like a second, and boom, it was gone. It instantaneously was gone. We don't even know it was detected. Interesting. Right. So, if you take that, if you take that matter, if, right, mm-hmm. this antimatter, and you start deleting matter. Yeah, it's almost it's almost like just pressing the backspace button, like just gone, gone, gone. But like, how does it work? But but the problem with that is, is would you be breaking space? Because all the matter that currently exists now has always existed. Yeah, it's just been repurposed over time. There's no there's no new matter. Yes. It pretty much can't be, like, created or destroyed in that sort of sense. According to the Big Bang Theory, of course, yeah. right? In our, in our, because, you know, I, you know, Einstein, it was Einstein who said matter can't be, I don't even know. I don't know, whoever said it. Yeah. Uh, it's the first law, of, I think it's the first law of thermodynamics as well. Um, or second law of, no, no, it wasn't, I don't think it was Einstein. Uh, um... First law of thermodynamics is it, it, no, it's, it's matter cannot be created, uh, cannot be created or nor destroyed. Was um, conserv- it's called conservation of mass, right? Okay. Or conservation of matter, and I just, I'm just like you know a bit concerned about who made the theory because I want to know for um, who discovered the law of conservation of matter. It was uh, Antoine Laurent uh, Lavoisier. Okay, I that. pronounce that correct. Yeah, I I don't know. For, I I know like four words in French, <laughs> right? Like literally four words, and all of them came from. So I have this book called um, "A Season in Hell" by Arthur Rimbaud. He's a, a famous poet. I really like his work. Oh yeah. So you talking about him? Yeah. You, yeah, yeah. So you, so the right side of the book is completely in English. Okay. The left side is in French. Okay. But it's a translation. It's a French, and then it's that English translation on the right side. Mm-hmm. So all the words I know in French are from that book that I've just been you know transcribed for fun, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So whatever. I don't really know how to pronounce French. Well, I know it's palm the terrace potato, which literally is apple of the ground. I literally don't get like how french works like the like the mechanics of the language like okay so like what there's some like 
there's some things that just seem like common to the language. Like it's almost like you have a sense where like if you've seen the language enough, you can like kind of tell what it is. Like even even without knowing the language at all. Like you can kind of tell what yeah. it is, right? But I think that's one like a really one of the a uh, pretty major reason why French is not a uh, it's not a globalized language, mm-hmm. right? Besides, you know, the obvious that the I mean the French did do quite a bit of a great deal of colonization, but they didn't do as much as the British, yeah. I think, right? I don't think so. So you know, English is what not as uh, English is more widespread, mm-hmm. but French is more about understanding rather than direct un- than a direct like writ understanding. Okay. You know, like, like English focuses really on everyone knows what everyone's saying all the time, no matter what. Okay. Right. That makes sense. And if you look, and if you look at pictorial languages, you're more of explaining a concept rather than a statement, right? Okay. If you look at um, Mandarin, people interpret Mandarin slightly differently among regions. Yes. But it's understood yeah but not the like same. the general meaning is right the the general meaning is the same but like the direct translations are slightly different yeah so a uh, french is kind of on the border of that okay right where it's kind of like uh, there is the direct translation where you can use a translator and it'll make sense mm-hmm. right but then also there's the slight variations with like la and like the positioning of the e and the u, which really completely can change an entire word. Okay. Which is which is interesting, which makes it a little bit harder harder to communicate with like in a in a professional medium, right? Because you don't when you're in a professional medium, you don't want someone saying like something inaccurate. You want a completely yeah. accurate thing. That's true. Right. Back to where we were on on Adams and yes. stuff. Yeah. So, so we were. I was. I was. Uh, yeah. You, you got all it. right. So, basically, like for your idea of like creating some sort of like engine that would be able to transport us faster using antimatter, right? Okay. Yeah. So first of all, we'd have to somehow obtain antimatter. Like we we'd have to like first find it. Before anything else, we'd have to like be able to sense it, it and find it, and actually like know it, where it is, like when and like how do you how to like. Continue. I mean, it could very well be the possibility that antimatter isn't real. Yes, and we literally just lost our minds and find these particles that poles got reversed somehow because they're gluons and their forks yes. got messed up. Like right, like and we're just completely. Like, it's almost, like, mutated, like, matter in that sort of sense. Mutated matter. That sounds like a ridiculous... Actually, have you heard of Strange Quarks? No. I'm... I'm not... I haven't explored the, like, the intricacies of, like, physics that much. Like, like, the quarks and, like, the... I don't know. Like, and, like, the... What is it? The uh, like the smaller particles. I mean, so yeah, the smaller. You know, I know I don't really know the basics. This is like a really big problem I have. I I, I want to I want to fly before I know how to walk. Okay. Fall. Yeah. Right. Because everyone everyone so wants I, I don't to get that point the like very quickly, but like yeah yeah. So the problem is like a lot of the a lot of my time is spent in catch up, 
Like I get, I get very yeah, far, right? By skipping yeah. the basics, but then and then you're it's like, all okay, catch up well, I know this fact, but like, why? So then you have to go back and then work your way up. Yeah, it's it's yeah. annoying, but it's just a thing yeah, I have I, to deal with. I do right? it's, time to time too. Like especially with math, like you've seen, like I I, I don't know, I wouldn't say I'm, like incredible at math, but I would say I'm pretty decent okay. at it, right? I think that's fair. But um, I literally did not know long division until like this year. And that's just because it's not because I didn't understand it or I just didn't like learn it. It's just that in like in elementary school when it was being mm-hmm. taught, right? I wasn't paying attention because to me I knew these like different other like hundreds of different yeah. methods of of division, which were much quicker and much simpler. Mm-hmm. Right. And to me, I was like, I don't need to learn this useless information. Yeah. Until but then it came back yeah. to me a few years ago. It when you know when we were doing uh, algebra, right? Algebra mm-hmm. one, right? Where where we had to divide the polynomial yeah. for the first time, and you you could only use long yeah. division for that because synthetic and because our teacher never taught us synthetic division. I don't know if you know that was mm-hmm. a concept. You know, it really it really hurt me there because I could have yeah. saved so much time just by understanding long division. So l- let me get back to these things called strange stars. It's actually like super okay. interesting, right? Super. So there's these things called strange quarks. No one, I don't, no one gets them. But basically, it's kind of like an infection almost. Interesting. Right. So if they touch okay. matter, all of that matter turns into the strange quark. But what exactly is a strange quark? Right. I I don't know. <laughs> no one knows. No one knows what a quark is. Okay. It, it, it literally just all turns like you could take a block of iron and put one quark, and you know a quark is smaller than an atom. Okay, right? Every I mean that's obvious because quarks make mm-hmm. up atoms. But these strange quarks, you put this one little quark on this block of iron, immediately turns into uh, uh into this like basically this star made of strange strange quarks. Okay, right? that's quite odd. And, yeah, it's really yeah. weird. But then. If, right. Okay, so here's my last on this one. But so the worst if thing it is, was, if that thing touches yeah. Earth, we're all screwed. We're all screwed but, if that thing touches Earth. We will literally turn into a star called a strange okay. star in like a tenth of a millionth of a nanosecond. <laughs> just spread you that quickly, and we just wouldn't. It could literally yeah, happen yeah. right now, and we just wouldn't. We just, we just become a star. Out of existence. It's just like what? Like, what just happened? Hmm. Do you understand how ridiculous of a concept that is? Like, that's the reason why, like, one of the things is, like, learning how to live life mm-hmm. well is so important because literally you could die yeah. at any second of any day for literally no reason. Like, there's no like something just so, practicing you, you in front of your home and just like kills you that fast. Yeah. Like, that could happen. So. Like, literally, like, there could be a plane flying over, and it was carrying, like, a, a payload yeah. of some sort, and it just, the hinges didn't work that day, and Ooh. boom. Everyone in a 10-mile in yeah. radius of you is dead. Gone. Reduced to, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's such a, that, that's the thing. Like, I, I understand, you know, contemplating your future and all yeah. this stuff is very important. But if you only do that and you don't leave time to have fun, you yeah, really you gotta die like, before any of that You gotta, happens, like, live. completely useless. Yeah, you know that's I that's 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 one of the things that's helped me get over mm. roller coasters. 
you know my whole thing with yeah. heights and stuff. I don't I don't like them. Yeah, I have a little. Yeah, that's one of the things I'm afraid of heights and uh, and then the concept of, of death okay. because I think I think it's I mean I've yeah. come to terms with it, but I think it's like a really human thing. Yeah, to it's just natural. It. Like it's just, it's like, just kind of like that point that just signifies the end of your life. Like, you don't know where you're going. You know, actually. The the second you die, your brain releases this thing called DMT. It's a incredibly um, it's, it's an incredibly strong psycho uh, active drug. It's called uh, N-dimethyltryptamine, okay. right? So when your brain releases this, it apparently calms you down. Okay. And lets your body re- and lets your mind relax okay. before you die. It's a very apparently. So so some people that have taken mm-hmm. DMT. Because it's a drug, and you we can get you can get it from plants, right? Okay. They they've taken it, and they've said that they've come to terms with death, and they're willing to die at any moment now because they are. So based on the concept of that, would it make sense that your that essentially your life flashes before your eyes before you die? I think it could be very well. It could very well be possible, actually. You know the story of Moses. I don't. I don't mean to get yeah. uh, you know religious or anything. I mean because, uh, that's not my goal. My goal. My goal is just to spit yeah. out information. It's um. So I, I literally got this from Joe Rogan's podcast. To be fair, because I I really like his podcast, but I I know it's not like um not many people I know mm-hmm. personally listen to it. So I'm just gonna state it out here, and and all credit to goes to him for uh this like you know this DMT stuff. I I learned it from I learned it from him and whatever. Actually, the DMT thing I learned on myself. Mm-hmm. Right from I don't know how I learned that, but the uh, but this whole Moses thing I got from there. I don't I don't think it was him directly. I think it was someone else. But whatever it was, it was on his podcast. So this thing DMT, right? It's um, so you know how Moses met the burning bush and then talked to God. Okay. So apparently, some people that take DMT think they uh, have spoken to okay. God. Like you could you could have psychedelic experiences like that. And the bush, which is presumed to be used as an acacia bush, which uh, can produce DMT. Okay. And DMT is soluble uh, above temperatures of 140 okay. degrees Fahrenheit. So if a burning bush, it could be a burning acacia tree, this guy has a psychedelic uh, trip with DMT and uh, meets okay. God. Yeah. That's incredible, right? Yeah. It's a, it, I mean, search it up. It's a really interesting, like... Uh, Psychedelics yeah. are really and psychoactive are really interesting. It's a really interesting idea. Yeah. It's really interesting that you could experience this different comprehension All the of reality. Intricacies of how the mind works, but like it's sort of like physically connected, but like not really because it's just how your mind works. It's just how it's wired. Right. It's like I don't. I don't. I don't completely like um. You know, some some drugs are so ridiculous. Like they're so yeah. they're so potent, right? That they and there's and there's so many of these incredible, incredible effects. Not that you're necessarily they're all completely bad. Some of them are very good. Like um, there's some people who have like mm-hmm. serious depression, right? And they okay. take uh, ketamine. Huh. Gone. Gone. Ketamine. Huh. Gone. Okay. Right. That's. Like if you think about it, oh, I, I, I mean the one of the problems with criminalizing drugs, mm-hmm. right, 
Like, first of all, it's it's not a good idea to do it. Like, a lot of drugs are not a yes. good idea to do it, right? But the idea of completely criminalizing them also completely removes your ability to okay. test them. So it's almost like it's almost like barring right. it without actually like giving it a chance. Yeah. Right. But the it's it's interest it's re- important. Yeah. To test it first to see if because I understand it, it very well like ruins lives yeah. and stuff. Right. But it's also true that a, a very small dosage or the appropriate dosage could fix someone's life completely like... instantaneously. They could have a history of anxiety, bipolar, schizophrenia in one second. Yes. Boom, gone. Back to regular human. It's like it, it's just I, I I don't I don't know, but I feel like it should be studied. Clinically, right? It should it should be given yeah. clinical trials. Especially the psychedelic yeah, stuff. We should right? give it a chance because it it has the potential to work. Some I mean, yeah. Right. Like, who knows what the chances are? Like, based on what we do know about it, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. But we should at least give it a try. But the only thing that you have to fear is that it has, like, an adverse effect. Like, it like it makes the condition worse. That's true. But, like... But that's why, yeah. that's why we test on mice first. Because we can, I think at this point, we can literally give mice depression. Mm. Like the like like criti- like clinical depression like and make major depressive disorder the like or chronic depression we can give them that disorder or disease or I'm not entirely sure what it's classified okay. as but the mental illness right and we can treat it on them and see hmm. what occurs right it's so it's such an incredible field that science is is going into next because I feel like oh sorry about that that's just my phone. Uh, oh. That's right. It's my landline. Sorry about that. It's a bit irritating. Yeah, it will go away in a minute. So the really interesting thing about I feel like where science is going mm-hmm. next, right, is going to be three places. It's going to be drugs, space, and genetics. drugs, space, and genetics. Okay, that kind of makes sense because okay, the drugs you I, need to. I, it's almost like just advances in the medical field, right? Space is just the exploration yeah, of yeah. what we pretty much the final yeah. frontier, the great pretty unknown, much right? The expansion of our reality, almost. And, and yeah, genetics is genetics like is, yeah. genetics yes, is, is a scary thing. It's almost genetics like codes for the human body, which is kind but, of which is actually quite scary. Like, well, once people mm-hmm. become obsessed with it, and once you can start uh, dictating that yeah. um, things are different in people, that that's where that's where things yeah. start going a bit crazy. That's when we start getting it's like, utopian yeah. it's like dictators. And essentially, all that, right? wiring the human body. That's quite. It it feels like playing God almost. It's right? dangerous. Whatever God yeah. is, it it kind of feels like it feels like you're. 